guys. Welcome back to Floral Couch Conversations. I'm Emily. I'm Melissa. And it's book club on the Floral Couch. Another book club. We did a double feature book club last time, didn't we? We did. Um, but I actually feel like I've had a lot of time on my hands to read, so. Oh, I've been really busy. Lots of places to go, people to see, large <laughs> gatherings to be a part of. I figured. <laughs> Such a rebel like that. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But I did go to a wedding, like, like literally the day before all of this stuff started happening. So, I mean. I, but I have been quarantining since then, so. Which is very responsible of you. Um, have you picked up any uh, fun new hobbies? um in your quarantine <laughs> um, n- nothing but fun nothing but fun here i've done three puzzles and almost finished a fourth i bought a disney four pack of puzzles at target highly recommend a it's like just the right amount that you're not like going crazy you can finish it and it's fine um the cinderella one i'm doing right now is kind of hard but how many pieces 500 Okay. And I've just been watching a lot of TV. We watched all of the Tiger King documentary on so, Netflix. What did you think? I've heard about it like on so many podcasts. So it is crazy and everyone on there is crazy. Like you there's no one to root for. It's just like a shit show the whole time. And like you this the guy one of the guys like the main guy they talk about ends up going to jail and you're like and some people think that they framed him and some people think that he actually did it but I I don't know I can't tell you from I couldn't tell you what my opinion was like he seems crazy at the person he tried to kill seems crazy the other guy that they talked about was crazy so so no one it was really entertaining. So, and like every episode takes a new twist and you're just like, what? So is that on Netflix? It is. Okay. I might have to check it out. I've been uh, binging All American season two, which 10 out of 10 would recommend everyone watch All American. It's like a teenage, like football player kind of, but they deal with like lots of like heavier issues. Like, um, like sexuality and racism and I don't know it's very very good is that an ABC family show or freeform um no it's actually a CW show oh but that that would have been my next guess teenage (laughs) yes but I don't know I'm obsessed I feel like it's very much underrated (laughs) okay maybe I'll check it out um I was also going to tell you that you inspired me my um Minnesota Twin Stadium puzzle came in the mail today because I've been wanting to do a puzzle and also missing baseball. So <laughs> you sent me a picture of it and it's 1,000 pieces. And when I saw that, I was like, wow, good luck. That looks complicated. <laughs> I mean, I guess we will see, but give it a try. Something to keep me busy. Got plenty of time. Yeah. I also feel like I've talked to like, Three different people that are learning to bake bread. Bake bread? Yeah, I feel like that's like what everyone's doing in quarantine. I have seen a lot of bread. people baking <laughs> bread on Instagram, yeah. 
can't say that that is what I will be doing, but good for them. Yeah, I mean, it can be a fun hobby, but... Actually, shout out to one of our um, faithful listeners, Madison. She has been baking sourdough bread and, like, names her sourdough starter and, like, documents all of her bread baking on Instagram and Snapchat, so... I'm sure she'll be happy we mentioned this. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Well, we in this episode are going to talk about our March book club book, which is The Girl They Left Behind by Roxanne Beletzos, and then announce our April book club book, which is More Than Words by Jill Santopolo. So you have plenty to read during this time. Indeed. Block your calendar. <laughs> Should we start off with the girl they left behind? Let's do it. So we have chatted a little bit about this before, and you really like this book, and I thought this book was okay. Yeah. did not really like it that much. Yeah. So tell us your thoughts. I really did enjoy it. Um, I think partially because the chapters are really small so I felt like I was like flying through it and that just like helps me as someone who had to learn to like to read um but I also felt like the story was really interesting and uh, I like wanted to know how it ended um so I really enjoyed it it was kind of broken up into three different parts and it's about this little girl whose parents had to escape um in I think were they in Romania and then um, they had to escape because um, they were Jewish. And so they knew that they would this all... Was like, World like, War II time. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> Let's mention that. Yes. So I'm not just sound like it. Oh, my gosh. Um, so then they, they knew that they'd be more likely to be killed if they had their four-year-old daughter with them. So they decided to leave her on, like, the stairs of an orphanage where they knew she would be found um, and taken care of. And so she was adopted and it kind of goes through her life of like being adopted and kind of her whole journey while living in Romania during this like time under both um, German rule and Russian rule. What did you think of it? So I thought it was a good story, but the whole time I just kind of felt like foggy. Like I couldn't really tell who was talking, whose opinion we were reading, um, like what was going on. And I just didn't really feel connected to any of the characters. And so like, I wasn't, it wasn't like emotional for me. And I just, I felt like it needed a lot more context of who the different characters were and like what the historical, like what was happening in history at the time, because I couldn't really even tell like, like in the different parts, like, is this the Nazis they're talking about? Or is this Russian leaders? Um, Like, it wasn't really clear. And so I didn't feel like I had like an accurate historical representation of what was going on. And I couldn't get in touch with the characters. And so I was kind of just like trying to get through it, basically, to finish it. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I do think that it got a little confusing, especially because like, I'm not a history person. So 
like dates and stuff like it'll kind of describe what was going on and then the next chapter like it'll jump ahead a couple years and just have the date and I don't really like I'm not I don't know enough to know what what has changed in those two years like in the time yeah, like, I felt like I knew enough about the timeline of World War II to kind of be like, okay, this is maybe what was going on, but still, like, a little bit of information would have been right. helpful. Well, and especially because it all takes place in Bucharest, which I can't say that I am um, up to date on their transitions of authority, I guess. <laughs> but um, Yeah, so those are my thoughts. Should we jump into some questions? Let's do it. Okay, first question. In the first window into Despina's point of view, she reflects on the serendipitous nature of meeting Anton. Are there other moments in the plot that seemed faded? What role does the notion of fate play in the book? It, it kind of seems like it's a little bit of a theme throughout, like both in Anton's life and um, like as things happen, like people come into their lives, like Victor came into their lives and he helped them. And Anton was like struggling as a teenager and like happened upon this store that became like his life. And um, like they have, when Natalia was really sick, they happened upon a soldier who was able, like able and willing to help, help them get, get to a hospital. Right, and then you, little things, and the eventual like escape back to America, like everything kind of fell into place. I can't say that I picked up on fate being a theme before like the question was posed. Like it's not something that I was like, oh, this was fated to happen. Like throughout the story, like mm-hmm. just looking back, it makes sense. But I think because it was like so dark, a lot of it that I like had to step back and be like, oh yeah, that was faith that that happened that way. Yeah. Well, I think it's just, it's no more of a fate theme than regular life is like, yeah, these kinds of events happen to every person every day shaping their lives. So I would agree with that. Okay. Next question. The girl they left behind is separated into three parts. Anton and Espina, Natalia, Natalia and Victor. Why do you think Roxanne Valetzos chose to structure the novel this way? How did each part contribute to the overarching narrative? I feel like the each part was kind of the most influential person in um, Natalia's life at that time. So like at the beginning, it was like her birth parents who were like her main caregivers. And then it was her adoptive mother who again, was her main caregiver and her main confidant, and they spent the most time together. And then lastly, it was Victor, who she kind of fell in love with um, and was, like, sneaking around and spending all this time with and wanted to, like, have a future with. Yeah, and then Natalia in the middle there, like, it's a, it's mainly, I feel like that was the longest part, and it was mostly, like, her growing up. Yeah, with Despina, because mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like so many changes happened in their life during that point when she was with her adoptive parents, as far as like telling the historical side of the story of like being forced out of their home and that kind of thing. So it, mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the plot came in, I feel like. Totes. <laughs> okay, next question. 
One of the prominent themes of the book is reversal of fortune. For example, Anton requires wealth only to lose everything, and Victor, once a starving university student, rises to the top of a political regime. What do you think bonds these two characters so desperately, so deeply despite their opposing circumstances? So I thought that they bonded Anton and Victor because Anton used to be like a struggling teenager and that he saw that in Victor and that's why he kind of like gave him a chance and felt like they had something in common and something to bond over. Yeah, because I think Anton, um, I want to say his parents might have been well off, but after they passed away, he lived with his aunt who basically made him be like her errand boy at this like paper shop. And then um, he kind of had to work his way to owning that. So I think you're right in that. Because then um, Victor worked his way up in, I guess, the government or mm-hmm. military. Or I don't know what we would consider him. I don't know. I'm not clear on exactly what his role is. But. Yeah. And it also wasn't clear if they were, like, aligned as far as political feelings. I don't think they were at all. Anton, I think, was the complete opposite. I feel like there were a couple points in the book that were kind of awkward um, because, and I feel like at first Anton kind of choked it up, chalked it up to, like, um, Victor being young and naive and, like, thinking all these things, but um, I do think it's interesting that they stayed stayed bonded so much and, like, still kind of looked out for each other, even with, like, the diversity political views. Mm-hmm. Okay. In a critical moment when Natalia is ill and needs to get to hospital, a Nazi soldier, oh, okay, it was a Nazi soldier, Okay. Decide, <laughs> decides to save her life because he also has a daughter. Were you surprised by this display of humanity? Do you think he would have done the same thing if he knew Natalia was of Jewish descent? Why or why not? I would like to think that he would have done the same thing because a kid is a kid. Like, I also feel like Yes, he was a Nazi soldier, but he's also, like, a human, and, like, he's doing the job that he signed up to and might not even know, like, to the extent that things are happening. Right. You have to think about each individual person, like, they have their own point of view, like, they might have been a Nazi soldier, but they were, like, once just, like, a 15-year-old kid who was forced into this, like, because otherwise, like, there was no there were no other options. Exactly. So that's, I feel like even if that wasn't the case, like that's what I have to tell myself to like reconcile it in my brain because it's just too sad otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, when Despina receives the letter from Natalia's birth mother, she is forced to make a decision about whether to share the letter with her daughter or not. Do you think you would have done the same thing in her position? So she decided not to say, not to share the letter. Yeah. However, I don't feel like it was clear whether or not she eventually planned on sharing it with her or not. I feel like there's like a certain age that's appropriate to kind of give that to her at. And I can't remember how old Natalia was when it first arrived. Yeah, I would agree with that. I obviously don't have adopted children. Um, I feel like I'd like to ask someone who's adopted and see what their opinion would be. Um, but yeah, I, 
I definitely would give my child the option and say like hey unless I knew it was like a bad, bad situation and that, mm-hmm. they shouldn't, and that they shouldn't be in contact yeah no I agree I think I would have eventually given it to them and mm-hmm. yeah I think I think too even in the book just you know would have eventually given it to her had she not found it herself because like at the end of the day Justina like gave up her daughter like for her safety because she loved her so much so like she ultimately chose to do what was best for her so I kind of feel like eventually with like out war happening it would have eventually gotten to the point where she would have given her the letter yeah yeah when Natalia runs into Victor in her early 20s she is torn between her attraction to him and his desertion of her and her family 10 years prior what finally draws her what finally draws her into his arms? Does she ever forgive him fully or is there still a part of him that she distrusts? What in the end allows her to let him go and move into a future without him? I'm gonna let you answer first. I have some like strong and confused opinions, I guess, on that relationship. Okay, Um, yeah, I thought this was weird. I felt like the romantic attraction thing was weird. Like, um, she, like, had a crush on him when she was little, but then, like, he's old now, so she probably should get over it. And then, like, the whole him being married thing and having to explain that to her was weird. Um, And I ultimately don't think that they were supposed to be together because they obviously don't end up together, but... Um, I think he was kind of just like a means to an end for her. Yeah, I feel like she got confused on how she actually felt about him. It's like, I don't know, I was kind of creeped out that he would even go there because like he was like an adult when she was like a small child. So like I was creeped out from the beginning. And yeah, the added complexity that he, one, is married, two, works for this like government organization that is against her family and like oppressing her family um and then they would like argue or get in fights all the time and she'd be like that's okay he's a, he's evil and works for like the red army anyway is that what that's called the red army anyway so i i don't like him anyway like she'd like block it out until he made her mad and then be like oh yeah but he sucks anyway and i'm like i don't know the whole relationship was just she needed him to escape but it was not a healthy relationship. Right. The added complexity of the attraction was weird. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> okay, last question. Both Despina and Zora, Zora, both Despina and Zora exemplify incredible strength in their fight for the safety of their daughter. Discuss whether they seem ultimately separated or united in the choices they make as mothers. Which one of them do you think finds the most peace at the end of the novel? So Zora, for reference, is um, Natalia's birth mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like um, probably Zora gets most pe- the most peace. I feel like their stories are very similar, that they both gave up their daughter for what to do what was best for her. So it was... Um, Zora in the beginning when she was a small child, and then Despina helped her escape to 
um, New York, knowing that she likely would never see or contact her, be able to contact her again. And so I think um, ultimately Zora, because now she gets to spend the rest of the time with um, Natalia, she probably has the most peace, but I feel like Despina probably is still at peace too, because she knows ultimately she did the right thing for her child. Yeah, I think both of them found peace in the situation. Despina might be sad that she doesn't just like spend the rest of her life with her daughter, but maybe she'll get to go to America eventually. You never know. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that they both have like their sadness of having to miss t- miss out on time with their daughter. Right. But ultimately, they are at peace with what what they had to do. I would agree with that. What a story. Yeah. Was that the and last question? Oh, it was. Well, I just think, I feel like a lot of these books, so I read a lot of World War II historical fiction, and um, they always make you wait till the end to be like, and this was a true story, and here's all the pictures of the people and it's like oh my gosh like that's crazy yeah like some of it was like obviously sensationalized but a lot of it was based on a true story which is Mm -hmm. it's I think it's very interesting yeah okay well ultimately would you recommend uh the girl they left behind I would probably recommend a like a lot of other World War II historical fiction books ahead of this one that's a fair assessment but I do feel like a lot of the ones you read are about like Poland or what was happening in Germany. Um, and you don't read a lot about Romania and kind of what was happening there. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think that definitely gave it a unique perspective, even from like they changed like the beginning of the war. They were aligned with Germany and then they became aligned with the Allies, which is kind of a unique perspective, I feel like. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, I would agree. Um, okay, well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed this book club. Check out our next book club book, More Than Words by Jill Santapolo. Should I just read the, like, synopsis about what it's about? Um, yeah, so I actually chose this <laughs> April book club book because I love Jill Santapolo. Um, her book, The Light We Lost, was my most favorite book I read in 2019, I'm obsessed with that book and I felt like we needed like a lighter romantic story like it's I'm still like I still feel like it's gonna be a good story but I didn't want to do World War II book I didn't want to do like a crazy murder book so I hope that this entertains you during your quarantine yes so Nina Gregory has always been a good daughter Raised by her father, owner of New York City's glamorous Gregory Hotels, Nina was taught that family, reputation, and legacy are what matter most. And Tim, her devoted devoted boyfriend and best friend since childhood, feels the same way. But when Nina's father dies, he leaves behind a secret that shocks Nina to her core. As her world falls apart, Nina begins to see the men in her life, her father, her boyfriend, and unexpectedly her boss, Raphael, in a new light. Soon, Nina finds herself caught between the world she loves and a passion that could append everything. From the New York Times, best-selling author of The Light We Lost comes a heartbreaking and romantic novel about grief, loss, love, and self-discovery. More Than Words is a tender tribute to how we choose which life we are meant to live. Sounds like it's going to be inspiring. I'm excited. 
I'm excited too. And I, I like the, how we choose which light we are meant to live because that's also kind of a theme in the light we lost because it's like all of these things happen and like you basically have to choose between like things that will make you happy and things that will like give you a better life and sometimes like they aren't the same well even you saying that reminds me of just our last episode that we recorded with our friend Brandon about like choosing happiness so yeah I think it'll be a good read everyone check it out (laughs) I'm excited I'll probably finish it fast Well, thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Floral Couch Conversations. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Floral Couch Conversations. Or if you have any questions or want to shoot us a note, feel free to send us an email, floralcouchconversations at gmail.com. And you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. Tell all your friends. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, everybody. Bye.